Friends and family, what's happening? It's your man D. Steele. I'm excited because today I had the opportunity to be on a podcast with my man David Turner, sponsored by Connectopod, and the podcast segment was led by Paul Terry, one of the folks in the summer program that we have at the Social Justice Learning Institute. And today we were talking about mental health, but framed in what's going on in the black community and communities of color and how we react to it. And silly me, I didn't record it from the very beginning because it didn't occur to me that I should until the middle of the discussion, but I got a little bit of it and I want to go ahead and share it with you all. So uh, feel free to listen in. And I would love to get your feedback on some of the questions that were raised and some of the ways we answered it. What do you think were some of the things that were missing? Uh, so we can get this conversation going even further uh, as we begin to unpack a lot of the issues that keep us from being very much more conscious of our mental health. All right. Thank you very much for listening in. I'm excited to have you continuing to be someone who's tuned in on a regular basis. Go ahead and share it if it's on Spotify, if it's on Apple, iPod. I mean, I'm sorry. Apple Podcasts, if it's uh, Google Podcasts, whatever it is that platform that you listen in on, share it with your friends and let's keep the conversation going. All right. Mad love, especially to my anchor family. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace. Right, like I'm, like I'm actually gonna be your TA next semester, right? You know, but but again, right? Like you know that that takes a toll on you after a while, right? So as the only presence you can see me for on this institution is something that can benefit it and not me, right? You know, and when I talk to psychologists about that, right, they're like, oh yeah, I mean that's a compliment, right? No, it's it's not, <laughs> you know, so. So again, right, like, you know, I think that that when you have folks who are connected to the community and understand what folks go through, right, which um, professors like Howard Stevenson over at the University of Pennsylvania call racialized stress, right, then I think, you know, we can have a more honest conversation about how to address mental health. See, that, that's the hard part, too, though, right? A lot of these institutions were, were not created with us in mind, right? People Absolutely. of color at all. Let alone, you know, let alone black folks, you know, like when we start really talk, talking about the pecking order, we have the bottom. So they weren't thinking about us at all when they created these. So even the way that uh, mental health or, or psychiatrists or the way that these things were developed and, and the mindset that you have to be in in order to be able to have these discussions with people of color and understanding their uh, their particular uh, stressors or uh, uh, or, or things that that have gotten them to the point of where they are, like you, <laughs> the right the questions haven't even been developed in the right way to ask for people of color what they're dealing with, right? Um, and then you also have to take into consideration, you know, from a historical context, if you're looking at uh, the system of psychiatry and in its development, the way that it is taught today is 
years and years old, right? So there's, there's a lot of research and work that went into developing the system as it is. Mm-hmm. So, so the solution isn't even as simple as, oh, well, we need to just get more black psychiatrists. Well, no, because in order to deal with the mental health of black people, there has to be years and years of, of unpacking decades and generations worth of trauma and experience that that has been swept under the rug for all this time, right? So, you know, it's the conversation is being started, but I, I we're just scratching the surface. We're not even in, we're not even treading water yet. Like we just put our toe in the water of all the things that need to be done in order to create what's necessary to deal with uh, the mental health issues that are here um, and that we're dealing with. Um, and there's so many directions you can go in with it as well. And so to go back to your question, you asked the question of like, what are some of the things we can do? Well, you know, this discussion and this conversation is a start, right? This, this is a part of that puzzle um, of, of, of really saying and being honest about, you know, where we're, what we're doing and where we're headed. Like it's, it's good and it's all well and, 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 and it's uh, in the right direction, but there's so much more we need to do. Mindfulness training is another thing uh, that we can get into to really get folks in the mindset of how to be honest about where what, what your circumstances are in front of you, right? Um, because we are so resilient, we're always so forward thinking and forward looking, uh, sometimes dealing with the reality is something that we don't do, which is why self-medication becomes a part of things that uh, uh, folks of color end up getting themselves into. Um, the reason why uh, drug use is the way it is in our communities, right? And so uh, mindfulness becomes very important because it gives, you, it gives you an opportunity to be in the moment, to really take in where you are right now, right? So, uh, and, and like I agree with Dave, a lot of this stuff has to be community-led. It has to be led by folks who understand what the uh, situations are in our communities and, and why we are here where we are as well. If I I could touch on that point real quick. Um, So while I was at Penn, um, the the guy I mentioned earlier, Howard Stevenson, he had this project called PLAY, Preventing Long-Term Anger and Aggression in Youth, right? And we specifically worked with black male middle school students, right? And, you know, we would talk about mental health, we would talk about stress, and then we would do this sort of experiment where we would play basketball with them or we would play whatever sport that the weather allowed us to play. I mean, it's Philadelphia, right? So whatever <laughs> sport the weather allowed us to play, right? Um, and we would purposefully put them through very stressful situations, right? Like, so we would, you know, play basketball with them and foul them and wouldn't let them call it, right? Or we would, you know, like call stuff on them and, you know, it, nothing happened, right? Like, and then we would do this and then we would have other folks like on the sidelines, you know, tracking people's stress levels, right? Um, but we had to create those questions for what those stress levels were, and then we had to check in with the young people, right? And we had to we created a ranking system where young people would self rank where they were, and then we would rank them where we thought that they were, right? Mm-hmm. Now all of the research assistants are all black, right? The person who designed the study is also black, right? Like, so again, now we actually have a black population which um, to study so that way we can actually generate conclusions that are rooted in black identity, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so much of psychology, right, is rooted in white middle-class identity, right? Because that's the only people who psychologists were studying, 
So when they say that somebody has a disorder, mind you, they're only operating from what is the norm for white middle class folks, right? Not for what is the norm for everyone else. Uh. So, you know, like when we have folks who are creating the language and who are, you know, creating the, and who are like helping to provide us with these tools, then we're able to, you know, then we're able to really create real interventions, right, for our people. But unless we're in the spaces to do that, right then that's not gonna happen right Facts. so you know like what happens when you know there's like i mean howard stevenson and at the time sean harper were the only two black male professors at penn or not at penn but in the penn gsc at that time who were four professors uh. right like there wasn't anybody else it was just them two you know so again okay um speaking on the black identity this would be my last question um for me growing up that was an issue. Um, not being aware of a black identity growing up and having to deal with those stresses, which are completely unknown um, when you're going through junior high and high school and coming to terms with that and being aware and staying in tune with yourself culturally um, made a big difference in my life um, as to where not knowing about it put stresses on my life. Uh. So what would you say to someone that is going through this transition on finding themselves and how and where they can look and how they can turn to like kind of starting and, and finding their journey at being a black individual in America? Uh, wow. That's that joy is heavy. That's a heavy question, my dude. Um what would I say? Well first I give him a hug. If, if if I can see that this young man, or maybe not a n- not necessarily a physical hug, I will probably want to because I'm just I'm a hugger, you know what I mean? I'm just that guy. But no, on 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 the real, like really sitting down and having a chat and discussion uh, as to where they are. I mean, that's the work we do here every single day. Uh, yeah, we have our programs areas and we have our focuses and how we approach the work, but. A lot of times there are these sidebar conversations that happen that are not tracked, that are not data filled or not, you know, we're not, we're actually just touching heart to heart as to where they are and, and what their experiences is or experiences are. And then using my own experience to help uh, uh, highlight something that they may be going through uh, to, to maybe set them on a course that they probably would not have been on if they didn't have the discussion, Right. There's not a silver bullet answer to changing that young person's life uh, to put them on the path to the right direction because all of our lives and the stresses that we deal with are all different, right? Um, however, as Dave was kind of pointing out and kind of I kind of touched on a little bit, you know, as we continue to do this work and as we continue to unpack these things and as we continue to track these things, uh, we can get ourselves to a point uh, where there is like a, 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 what is the word I want to use? A, a toolkit that can be used uh, that parents can maybe even take on as they're raising their children. Like, you know, my, my wife and I, we work on this stuff all day. I was just talking to Daniel earlier about um, my daughter. <laughs> like, she's at an age, she's 11 years old, young, black, creative, amazing young lady, right? Uh, who now has to deal with peer pressure, that now has to deal with uh, uh, the, the stress of um, 
being a, a black young lady that loves K-pop, right? And like, how does that even work? Like, there isn't a, 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 a so, something that's already set up for her to be able to follow a blueprint to follow for for stuff like that. Um, but what I can help her do is help her understand herself enough for her to be able to walk into the world in whatever uh, realm that she wants to be in, knowing who she truly is, right? And so. Uh, that's really what it comes down to, like really starting the conversations of really unpacking who you believe you are. What is the self-identity that you see yourself in and, and how do you begin to walk in the world always standing in that light uh, and being confident and standing in that light, too? Because that confidence is something that can't be taught and that's something that comes from within. Uh, but there are certain things that you can learn from other people to really say, you know what? Nah, I yeah, I, I love that about me. You know, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and always stand firm on those types of things. And I know it's okay to stand firm on it because this is quirky about Derek and he stands firm in that all the time. You know what I mean? So it, it just, there's a lot, man. It's, it ain't easy. That ain't, that ain't an easy answer, uh, easy question to answer, but there is a lot of work that's being put towards that end. Um, I, I think for me, right, I, I think to touch on uh, Derek's piece, um, we've been socialized to hate ourselves, right? Mm. Um, you know, we've been socialized to hate everything that we like, to hate everything that we do, right? Um, you know, so I, I think for me, when I was growing up, right, like, you know, being a tall, dark-skinned kid, right, you become a target, you know, like, ooh, it's your black ass, or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> you know, so, um, so, like, I think that, you know, because of the way society teaches us to view black folks right we are um we're inherently taught to view that about ourselves mm -hmm. right um so for me one of the things that helped me to heal from that was understanding that like my circumstances and what i was going through was not by mistake but by design mm. right um like it wasn't it wasn't an accident right you know why i was being treated a certain way it wasn't an accident right that you know I'm the only person in my immediate family to have not been incarcerated, right? Like, it, it wasn't an accident, right, that, you know, my mother had passed through the medical malpractice, that, you know, my dad had passed, right, you know, before you turned 60, right? Like, you know, so it's like, it, it wasn't, these things aren't accidents, right? There are systems in place to make these things happen, right? And I think when I was younger, learning about that helped, to, to help my, helped me to understand that, like, okay, so if there are people who are intentionally doing this, then what am I going to do to stop it, uh -huh. right? And what am I going to do to uplift people who look like me so that way it doesn't continue to happen? That's huge. Right? Um, so I think that's what, that's where for me, right? Like, I think that's where I began to heal, right? Like, because I began to heal by doing the work. Uh -huh. Not necessarily saying that always doing the work is healthy because it's not. Right. But like I began to heal by understanding that, like, yo, I don't have to take these conditions. Right. I don't have to take what people are giving me and what people are telling me. Right. Like it all started with a book. Um, it was called Breaking the Chains of Psychological Slavery by a guy named Naeem Akbar. Mm -hmm. um, changed my life. And I read that in my uh, I read that in high school. Then I read another book called uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paulo Freire. Mm -hmm. 
Another um, you know, to teach me about like the education system, right, and how the education system works. And reading those two together really sort of showed me like, okay, this is not just you know my personal things. There is a there is a structure that makes this happen, uh-huh. right? You know, and after that, I changed my major, wanted to get involved in doing it, and I started doing the work. Right, and because of that, I've been able to, you know, better address things not only my own family but my life, and then I was able to love who I am, right. And I think if I combine that with hip hop, right, you know, because I think for me, hip hop and basketball were therapy, right. You know, so combining those things with, you know, my culture and things that helped to make me me, helped to change my life, you know. So, I I think Dave definitely touched on. I just want to say this real quick. A huge piece of this, and I want to make sure that this is thoroughly understood. It's not you, B. It's not you. Like, there are social determinants of your health that have nothing to do with you, that you that you did not create, but you exist in that has caused the outcomes to be what they are. But when you come into that knowledge, when you come into the knowledge that your the education system the the uh, economic systems, the uh, social and community context that you have around you, the health and the healthcare system that's built around you, the neighborhood and the built environment that you cre- that that is around you. You didn't create these things. You exist within them, right? But now that you know that knowledge, now that you have that knowledge, what are you going to do to change it for yourself? And then change it for those you care about and change it for those in your community to transform those systems in order to make them more conducive to your own mental health. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's super huge. I'm so glad you said that, D. Oh, this is good. I want to keep talking. We're going to have to wrap it up. All right, Thank cool. you both for sitting down with me. And, uh, yeah, this was great. Thank you. No problem. Shout out to Connectopod. Shout out to SJLI. Shout out to my man, uh, Daniel P. Castillo. All these folks out here having a good time. Thank you very much, my man, Paul. This is a great subject, man. Thank you very much for having us on here. Yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> good job, gentlemen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, I had to have a hero. I can't hold this down by myself. No, no, they need to be here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what'll happen, just so you know, so the way the show is being built out, it's five Bro, this was truly an amazing segment. Uh, I wish I could have caught it from the beginning. Oh my God, it was really, really good. Um, I think I'm actually going to share this. So I hope you don't mind. Uh, But I think that there has to be more awareness around this particular subject as far as um, uh, the black mental state in our society right now and and, and how compounded it is and what we have to deal with. So and how to deal with it. So I really appreciate you posting this. Man, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yo, thank you so much for listening in. And even leaving some commentary and leaving your thoughts as far as this is concerned, I agree with you. I feel like we need to talk about this more and we need to continue to do the work that's necessary in order for us to heal. Um, The parts that you missed, uh, we started off talking about how we got here. And black folks in particular, we have 
suffered from so much trauma, but at the same time, we've been even more resilient, right? And that resiliency has us always looking forward, never really dealing with, how, you know, the reasons why we are uh, in the situations that we're in. We're just too busy trying to get out of it. You see what I'm saying? And so we've always been able to build bridges and to keep moving forward, build bridges and keep moving forward with never really dealing with the trauma. Uh, and that trauma is deep, man. When you start thinking about uh, slavery, you start thinking about uh, the uh, Jim Crow laws, the black codes, when you start thinking about all the systems that were put in place in this country towards the detriment of black people and people of color, um, you realize, man, there's a lot that we have overcome, but there's also a lot that we haven't dealt with. And that trauma is real. It shows up in very weird ways in our lives every single day. And it's when we begin to unpack that and when we begin to uh, really look within how to heal from that trauma and then go beyond it, I feel like we're going to be even more stronger as a people. And that's, that's the type of work that's happening now. It's the work that we do every day with the, with the youth and the community members that we work with. Um, there is, as Dave was talking about, a science that's, be, that's being developed around it. Uh, because psychiatry in itself, is the tools that exist are systems that do not necessarily work directly for us. And so... I'm excited for, you know, even some of our friends who have gone to do that work and and are and are doing that not only for the black community, but also for some of the other marginalized communities um, within uh, communities of color. Right. So there's a lot of work that needs to get done. and, And I'm glad that that work is happening and to have this be a small piece in the larger puzzle of us uh, solving these issues at the very end of the day. So thank you for sharing. Uh, Keep the information coming. Anyone who's listening, feel free to call in. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what your thoughts are. You know, if you want to talk a little bit about uh, about some of the trauma and and how and some ideas that you have and how we can get past it, I'm I'm definitely open to the discussion. Uh, Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening.